Hello, and welcome to the Accidental Muralist podcast. I am Pam Concier, the founder of All Hands Art and this podcast. I also feel like I should say, because I know there are probably people out there who have thought of doing a podcast, I this is probably the least produced podcast in the world. <laughs> it's me and my laptop and my built-in voice recorder and I do some a little bit of editing with my built-in editing tools in the built-in voice recorder and then I publish it on my website which is on Squarespace and I it Squarespace had a mechanism to push it through to Apple Podcasts so those are the two places where you can find it so that I don't know why I just felt like putting in that little plug both to say if you're thinking about it doing a podcast it does not have to be you don't have to buy a bunch of equipment you don't have to take classes about how to do a podcast you could just start recording your voice and putting it out into the world so what I wanted to I guess that's a little related to what I want to talk about today which is I this is a note to self just like pretty much all of my work is I am entering a phase this fall of starting a lot of new teaching gigs and so and I'll be teaching two art classes that I've never well one of them I've kind of taught before I'll be teaching an art journaling class and a class called Drawing at the Portland Art Museum that is just what it sounds like. And they're both through Portland Community College, the community ed wing, which means they're not for credit. They're fairly casual, and um, that makes my teaching job fun because I don't have to like do grades and all that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, the upside is obvious. It's I love teaching, and this will allow me to do the the teach the pure teaching that I love without a lot of the um, you know logistical bureaucratic stuff that kind of bogs down teachers so that is pretty cool um, I'll also be teaching and I have started already to teach a class called uh, flamenquitos which is a flamenco dance class for four to six year olds um, so that feel that's pretty different than the other things I'll be teaching and I bring all this up because um, I've been feeling uh, a lot of anticipation I want to say anxiety but it, it's been more just sort of like nervous energy around it um, and then I get these you know jolts of fear of like oh what what if you know they find out that I don't know my way around the Portland Art Museum because I've only been there twice and what if what if what if you know what if my students know more than I do which is really likely um, what you know just all the questioning because I'm entering unfamiliar territory and that is the gist of what I want to talk about because um, at the same time that that's happening, just just so you know, you know what all is going on in my professional life. Um, I have I have started coaching a few people 
in what I was describing, trying to describe in past podcasts and maybe blog posts as like creative courage coaching, I'm starting to see it as transition coaching. So as you might already see, I, I have something, uh, an opportunity to practice what I preach <laughs> because I am transitioning into these new roles, um, entering the unknown and, uh, and also working with people who are retiring from jobs or careers that they know very well stepping into, in some cases, they don't know what, in some cases, they kind of do know what, but there's a lot of anxiety, like, can I make it work? Can I, what if it's too successful and, you know, I get in over my head? What, if, there's just all the, all the little what ifs that come up. So that's the space that we're in today. And, and that stepping into the unknown I hate to tell you this, even though you've probably figured it out by now by looking around the world, that is our life now. We don't know, and not to sound like a downer, but you know, we don't know if there's another pandemic around the corner. We don't know what climate chaos is going to throw at us in the next season or in this season. We don't know. And so I think what the overarching sort of title that I wanted to give this podcast today is, is a love letter to artists, which might sound unrelated to everything I've been talking about, but what I see creativity as is engaging with the unknown. There's no way you can paint a painting. Well, there is a way you could copy another painting. I was going to say there's no way you can paint a painting without just sitting down at a blank canvas and not knowing what's going to happen. Um, I would say um, uh, I don't like to be judgy about art, even though it's hard to avoid, but I would say a truer form of creativity or art making, engaging with the creative forces would, would be to meet the canvas without like 100% knowing in your mind what you want to make allowing some room for that dancing of inspiration and, and divine creativity. So it's the same thing I would say in dance or in writing. Um, I hear novelists talk about when they write a book, they might have kind of a general idea of what the book is about or the setting or what, what the main plot line will be, but then Time and time again, I hear authors describing how, you know, as they're writing the book, these characters take off and do these things that were unexpected, and suddenly they're following the, you know, the author is following the plot line of the characters they've created, so, which I think is so beautiful. Um, and that, to me, is really what art is. So my love letter, the reason that I want to make it a love letter or sort of an homage, a lifting up of artists and teachers, because we're near the beginning of a school year. Most people have already started. I, you know, I haven't quite started yet some of these, but they'll be starting next week. Because um, teaching is also that same kind of engagement with the unknown. 
I was a kindergarten teacher for a long time, first grade teacher. I've taught fourth grade, I've taught high school. And then I've taught pretty much every grade in some kind of art project or visiting artist gig and or leading mural projects. I've done teaching in a lot of different settings. And you never know, even as class that you've had, you know, all school year, there's some day in May and you're like, what is happening today? Like, you just don't know what you're going to get, what mood the kids are going to be in or your students, what questions will come up, what emergency is going to happen at the school that you have to respond to. What, you know, it's teaching and many other careers, but I'm, I'm focusing on teaching and artists right here, is being prepared to meet the unknown and responding, hopefully, from a place of compassion and trusting your intuition. And it's been super interesting for me to talk to the people that I've been coaching and to hear the specific things that are weighing on them. And in some ways it surprises me, but then also I have to think it's that's only because I'm now 14 years removed from being in that exact place, maybe 15 years. It was about 15 years ago that I was teaching full-time. I had some melanomas that even though my doctor, you know, was an in-office procedure to remove them, take little wedges out of my arms and legs and, uh, and then check to make sure that all the cancer cells were gone, that was done in office under local anesthetics, not a big deal. And the, the doctor, my dermatologist said, oh, you can go back to work tomorrow. And I was like, please, will you write a note saying that I have to take two weeks off because I was teaching kindergarten. I was just imagining, you know, kids pulling on my arms. And so that was part of it, just the physical exposure I wanted to avoid. But also I was so burned out, I just needed it was honestly like I needed to get cancer to have a good enough excuse to take some time off of teaching. So when I'm talking to people who are describing how challenging and anxiety riddled it is to be in that place where you know you need to leave, either because you really are ready to retire, you're just tired, finished, done, or you're in a career that isn't feeding your soul and you have this other creative idea that you want to engage with and see where it goes, it's so hard to let go of the thing that feels stable and that feels like the devil you know um, to step into the thing that you don't know. And I... I've been sort of in a semi-formal-ish coaching situation with a couple of people around this and then informally talk to other friends who are in that same space and I have a lot of compassion for that space of wanting to, having this idea of this freedom that you want to head toward, but the freedom itself is so scary because we've never had that. You know, it's stepping into the great unknown. 
And so it raises a few, I, I don't want to complicate this or try, you know, I have so many thoughts about it, but I don't want to spill out all the thoughts. One thing that I see is that there's a desire to know how, like to not make that step out of the known thing into the unknown thing until to not step there until the path is clear and you can see where you're going and like the destiny, the destination. And what I've learned is that for me, if I had set my own destination, it would have been very, very small and humble and uh, what's a better word? Just puny. It would have been, it would have been such a small version of what I thought I could do because it feels braggy. Like we've all been trained. Well, I was trained. I'll speak for myself. I was trained that bragging was like one of the worst things you could do. I think that's a Protestant thing. You are humble to the point of like self criticism is sort of um, more respected, I guess, than any kind of tooting your own horn like that. That was something that was like a sin, I would say. Boasting, you know, it was just horrible. It was like it's very, very much looked down on. So that's a real problem for people who want to who have this sense that there's something more that they are made for, but they're coming up against all those cultural messages that say, oh, you, you know, you don't want to be too big for your britches. You don't want to act like you're all that. And, you know, and that that's a real problem. <laughs> and so I have sympathy, been there, still go to that place often. Um, but. I think there's something larger at play. I really, if, if that describes you, I want to remind you that your soul was, is unique. You were placed on this earth for, with a certain set of skills and desires and talents and with sort of an aim and a direction and which you know i'm i'm loosening my idea from that being like a specific fixed thing um inst and instead more just like a direction because i get tripped up in trying to you know rein it in and make it you know understand exactly what my purpose is so i'm trying to let go of that but but we are we are designed to be more than clerks and you know, budget managers. If if that's your gift, that's cool. <laughs> there probably are some people who are just like wizards at writing up budgets, and maybe that is somebody's gift, managing money, absolutely. But a lot of people I know, um, their gifts are, and this is especially true for women or anyone who has quote unquote soft skills which is a term that I'm, I struggle with, but if your gifts are 
really being able to see people and see their gifts. If your gifts are compassion and kindness and patience and, and just like reveling in other people's progress and not in a self-denying way, but in a nurturing way, or if you're a nurturer, if you're a caregiver, if you love working with children, and these are all gifts that our society underpays, undervalues, really couldn't give a shit about even though we give lip service to it. And so it's hard to um, sort of validate that as opposed to someone whose gift is like writing computer programs that are going to, you know, create the next big app and everybody will celebrate that. But because and you could see like cha-ching, that's that's something that we understand as success. But for the people whose gifts are more the imagination, anything that is sort of the feminine strengths of the feminine, that is relating to other people that is using the imagination or images or color or movement or dance or earthiness or all these things that are opposite what our culture values. It's extra hard for people who want to leave a secure job, let's say, or retire from their career that had to do with managing money or whatever and head into those areas that have been so denigrated. But I have to tell you, those are the exact things that our culture needs right now. And it's what's going to save the world. I don't think that the world is going to get back on track by, you know, having the perfect policy and then everybody doing all the calculations. It's going to be when more and more and more people acknowledge the just deep, deep creativity and desire for connection to something bigger and something divine and yet also soulful and earthy and start taking steps there. And then other people see that and then they feel a little permission to take steps toward what feels really soulful and earthy and creative and juicy for them. And then pretty soon there's a lot of people who are doing things that feel connected and soulful and earthy and juicy and and inspired. And to me, it's obvious, like as I'm sort of weaving this image in my mind, that's healing and that's going to save the world. I'm not going to wait around for the policy people to come up with the right uh, formula. But I do want to encourage you to follow that nonsensical thing that you can't rationalize and maybe your spouse or your friends are questioning and they want to see the spreadsheet of how it's going to make money this quote unquote little hobby you have that's that's your craft or artsy fartsy thing um, and the language people use might already denigrate what you're doing which is this beautiful thing to you. So sometimes it requires blocking out the voices of the people who don't get it. And, and I would go as far to say that those people are so disconnected from their own inner creative gifts that 
maybe they've just completely like cut themselves off from that, um, which is a whole separate thing. But but what we're talking about is not those people right now, other than that you might have to block out their voices. Finding people, and it can be me, it can be some, some other creative person that you know. Um, if you can't find them, try to take an art class and and be careful there because you know not all art classes or dance communities or music groups are are places that want each individual to thrive and express themselves some of them can be very restrictive and mean and weird so um fine but but keep trying and find your people who other people other souls who are craving that thing that they know that they came into this world to do or have inklings about it and you don't need to know I'm going to say it again you do not need to see the whole path you just need to be pulled in a certain direction and take a step and my entire career as a mural artist is uh, is proof of this. I never in a million years would have chosen that as my goal. I didn't even really know much about murals. I didn't pay that much attention. It would have been so grand and so huge for me to choose that for myself, like to do this art in public. <laughs> I think it's a huge joke that the universe played on me. I think I mentioned this in my last blog post. It, I find it hilarious, actually. I think that I was so blocked off from sort of inhabiting my own creativity that the universe forced me to become the most public artist standing in front of the most people. I think I worked with around 5,000 volunteers over the course of 10 or 12 years, 14 years, whatever, doing murals making so many dozens of murals in so many different places so that I could no longer claim that I wasn't creative. Like that's how blocked I was about my own creativity. So hopefully it won't, you know, if you do have an experience like that, more power to you. It was, a, it was an amazing experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Maybe you will be more easily convinced <laughs> that you are a creative being and that you're gifts and your dreams of like that what you want your life to be what you want to spend your time doing what can feel not that it's going to be home free and you'll never have conflict or problems again but like what kind of problems do you want to have you know do you want to keep having the same kinds of problems or do you want to have a new kind of problem of like ah now I'm expected to do this big project of this thing that I'm so excited about, but now I'm having anxiety, you know, now I have to step into something bigger that feels scary and risky, but in the way, in, in the good, scary, risky way, not the like soul crushing, avoiding, not wanting to get up in the morning kind of way. So I think that's, I think I'll leave it there and just this is a little different than what I had planned, but you know, I like to leave a little space for inspiration to come in. 
to just follow. When I do these podcasts, I have a little idea of where I'm going, and then I just kind of keep it open to see what comes. And that's part of my practice of relying more on my intuition, less strategic planning, more being open to messages that I might be getting. And and hopefully, my hope always is that somebody listening will get something out of something I've said. Um, I did say earlier on that this was a note to self, and so I, I do need the reminder myself as I'm stepping into these unknown places. The specific reminder I need is that I don't need, I am lucky in this type of teaching I'm doing, that I don't need to have the whole term exactly planned out. I don't need a very detailed syllabus. I just kind of need to get started. And then what I want to do is be open to the students and where they're at and then sort of keep crafting step by step where we're going based on what I feel the students are needing. That goes for both my little flamenquitos and for the art students at PCC. Um, because my hope is that I can, in all the work that I do, I'm trying to connect people and, and myself with our deep intuition, with this stream of creativity in the universe that all of nature is involved with all the time. And so that we can just tap into that and not think that we have to muscle our way through and strive and take these five steps to success and blah, blah, blah. No, just head in the direction that you feel nudged. Trust that the universe will help carry you there. Learn to trust yourself and your own intuition. Learn which voices you need to block out, whether they're in your own head or if they're around you. Um, wish those people well or those inner critics well. Know that they're trying to protect you in most cases. And then continue on um, in the direction that your soul wants to go. So to all the artists who are actively doing their art, I am with you. I, I support you. Amen to you. Thank you for saving the world. Thank you for, I won't say saving the world, that sounds too savory. Thank you for healing yourself and thereby helping heal the world. To the teachers out there, more power to you. Take care of yourself. To the people who want to be more actively creative, take that first step. That's all you have to do. You don't have to know the whole journey. Just take the first step and give yourself a lot of self-compassion along the way. Thank you for listening. And um, I do have space for maybe one or two more coaching clients. If you're interested in getting some one-on-one -on -one, uh, help, I guess, is the, why, why not? That word works. Um, guidance, support, um, get in touch with me. I don't have language about this on my website yet, but it seems to be taking, getting a little momentum because people are arriving, being referred to me. 
and I love referrals. So if you, if maybe you're not the one, but you have a friend who you see sort of um, in a rut or like spinning their wheels and wanting to get started, wanting to leave something and start something else or getting geared up and having a lot of worries about it or whatever, maybe you know somebody who could use a little bit of support. Um, I've, I've mentioned it as creative courage coaching. I'm starting to think of it as transition coaching. You probably have the gist of it if you've been listening to my podcast and, and reading my work. Thank you again for listening, and you can find out more at allhandsart.com, and I will catch you next time.